I just want to do God's will. What you're seeking is a blessing from God. You must expect a miracle. You have the power of choice. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to Life Today Live. I'm Randy Robinson. I'm very excited to have today's guest, Dr. Tony Evans. I always enjoy talking to him. He's got a wonderful family, and they've just been uh, a real blessing here for our ministry, for our city in Dallas, and I know far beyond Texas. And so I'm excited to have him. He has a new book, and you know he writes on one of what has become one of my favorite topics, and that's this idea of kingdom. And so I'm, I've got some. I've been waiting for this interview. I've got some questions for him because I want to hear his insight. The new book looks like this. It's called Kingdom Values, again, by Dr. Tony Evans. He's also the senior pastor at Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship, founder of the Urban Alternative. And uh, he's, he's just one of those influencers who's done a lot for the kingdom. So, Dr. Evans, great to have you back on Life Today Live. Always excited about Life Today. You have been not only great personal friends, but great ministry partners with us. And so we're very grateful for you and your family and how yeah. you have meant to me and my family and our ministry. Well, thank you, sir. It's it's good to be a part of the same team. And that is this kingdom team. And Okay, so I have a question, and this is not on the list of questions. This is just one of, of my questions, uh, because I've been, I've been studying this idea of kingdom, and I've been talking to different people about it and it's kind of funny because i ask people to define kingdom and i get a wide range of things i mean there are some people who think of the kingdom of heaven as simply heaven or as as a place or they think of it maybe as an attitude i'm curious how you define just this concept of kingdom well the greek word for kingdom is basilia and it has to do with rule and authority that's what it means so when we talk about kingdom, we're talking about the rule of God. The origin of that rule, kingdom of heaven, is the sphere where God operates from. The scope of that kingdom is his creation because he rules overall. And so the goal of the kingdom is the establishment, replication, and expansion of the rule of God over all aspects of life and creation. So we call it the kingdom agenda, the visible manifestation of the comprehensive rule of God over every area of life. Let me ask you about this particular thing, because in Revelation twice, uh, the author of Revelation refers to the kingdom as as people. Is it is it is 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 it uh, more? Is it authority or is it actual people? Or am I just kind of kind of conflating the two in a way that it's not quite it's right. it's people reflecting and implementing the authority of god yeah in the sphere of life gotcha so the both are 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 connected together when we are when we become kingdomized it, it's a uh, it's interesting in the book of acts when the church starts it says between jesus's resurrection and his ascension he spent 40 days teaching about the kingdom of god yeah. and then the last two verses in the book of acts says Paul received all who came to him and he taught them and preached to them about the kingdom of God. The whole Bible only has one subject, the glory of God through the advancement of his kingdom or the implementation of his rule through people in his creation. Uh, yeah, and I love that. And, you know, John the Baptist started by saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then Jesus, when he started preaching, saying the kingdom of heaven is, is at hand, you would think that 
that <laughs> the level to which you have elevated this idea, you would think would be universal amongst the church because it is, it's, it's the core. Well, unfortunately, we have substituted the church for the kingdom. Hmm. And the church is to facilitate the kingdom, but the kingdom is much bigger than the church. And the moment you do that, you have this illegitimate separation between sacred and secular. In the kingdom, everything is sacred. There's no such thing as secular. Oh, wow. Now that's a big statement. That's And I think that resonates. That resonates very true. Okay. This idea of kingdom values, uh, the subtitle says character over chaos. What are you exploring in, in this latest uh, teaching that you have on, on this kingdom? What we're trying to explain is that when God's kingdom truth, as revealed in his word, becomes the standard by which all matters are defined, because mm-hmm. biblical truth is an absolute standard by which reality is measured. It's not my truth, it's not your truth, it's the truth, <laughs> okay? You can only have an absolute standard by an absolute person. There's only one absolute person, and that's God himself. When God's standards govern our decisions, it changes uh, how we operate, how we think, how we feel, and how we operate as people, which affects our character. We have a flawed value system operating today, certainly in the world, but also in the church, where we have adopted many of the values, coded them with Christian language, mm-hmm. coded them with uh, uh, church, church, churchanity, and we have falsified uh, the values of God in order to accommodate the culture and therefore have lost divine authority in the process. So what I try to show in the book is the relationship of truth to character, and when that truth imprints itself on character using using the Beatitudes, uh, then then there's a transformation of who we are and how we operate. Specifically, what would be some of the things you're seeing in the church that are not kingdom values, but are adopting worldly values and putting religious language, language on them? Well, you take, uh, let's take the definition of marriage. Not only has it been redefined in the culture, but people are getting divorced on, by illegitimate grounds. Mm. Uh, people have defined their roles as men and women uh, at illegitimately or the relationship, how they're to operate in family illegitimately because they've been getting this. There is a there is a illegitimate uh, feminization of uh, of uh, who women are and males or who male males are the per- parenting style i mean you have parent you have parents who are not um negating the teaching that the children are getting in a lot of educational institutions they're just bypassing it and they're getting flawed in their thinking which means they're going to be flawed in their operation which ultimately will lead to bad character so now, all of some of them are subtle. Some of them are overt. Uh, a mist in the pulpit is a fog in the pew. So, uh, when if 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 the pulpits are not training our people to think biblically, then we're going to have flaws in how people operate in the church. Then politics, you you take we we become more Democrat and Republican than yeah. Christian, and yeah. so we've allowed illegitimate divisions or the racial division. You could almost every area has some snippet that has infiltrated the church and dumbed down our uniqueness. Yeah. Now, you mentioned Democrat and Republican, and <laughs> we know there's a division there. You actually, I'd like you to, to relate, if you would, for our audience, your analogy that I appreciate a lot. Of course, it's a football analogy, so I get that. 
But it it I've heard a lot of people go, I get it now because they think of the teams on the field, and you point out that that's really not the way we're to operate as you know the team in this color or this color, Democrat or Republican. Walk through that if you would. Well, I call it the third team on the field. You know, they have these two competing teams. They're never going to get along because their goals in two different directions. But in every football game, there's a third team, the team of officials. And they're on the field, but not of the field because they belong to 345 Park Avenue in New York, where the NFL offices are. (laughs) Their job is to represent the office up there and the chaos on the field of play. And they should be distinct. They got their red and wh- their black and white jerseys on. They don't don, don the jerseys of either team because they're only concerned about the book that is given to them to make judgments on the field by the kingdom in New York. And once they veer from that book, then they've illegitimized their role. And we have illegitimized our role by becoming so attached. I, I say in my book on kingdom politics, I say we should be kingdom independents. So that means Democrat light, Republican light, because we're not totally committed to any of the competing teams because we belong to another kingdom. Yeah, I love I love the clarity of that. Now, for further clarity, what you're suggesting is not that we get off the field, but it's that we are actively engaged. It's just that we're our loyalties lie in God's kingdom, not on one team or the other yeah how do we how do we influence uh every area the political the educational entertainment because i know you and your family have done this how, how do you position that the influence of god's kingdom through his people on the world our job our job as salt and light is to bring god's perspective into the culture we are to lovingly but with clarity bring God's perspective on whatever the issue is to that area, through our expertise, through our excellence, and through our communication. Now we have to understand, it's like a team on the field, you're gonna get booed sometimes, <laughs> don't like the call you made. Right. But you're not there to be popular, you're there to be correct. And so our job is to reflect God's and how we operate and in what we say and teach. And the problem is uh, we wanna be so accepted by the world that we have become unacceptable by the Lord. Mm. Ouch. That's a that's a bad place to be. Yeah, that's not a great place to be. <laughs> no. So as as we go through, on on an individual level, you know, um whether it's at, at the PTA meeting or on the job where I'm dealing with people that that don't have, I mean, I'm this is not the case here at Life Outreach, I know. But for most people that aren't working in ministry, you're dealing with people who just don't share your values, period. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got, a, a, I think it's a false reputation as being, you know, moralists or judgmental, all these types of things. How do we navigate this world upholding kingdom values in w- w- with an attitude that, well, that's, that's godly? The Bible says, speak the truth with love. We must be people of the truth, but people must also perceive that we care about them. Mm. When you don't show that you care about people, but you wanna drive them to the truth, they will often not hear what you're saying because they see what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Biblical love is the decision to compassionately, righteously, and responsibly seek the well-being of another. And the people must always, even if they don't like you, don't agree with you, 
they should always know that you care about their well-being in the methodology you use and in the good works you perform that seeks to help them while you communicate the truth. What I love is that you're not just preaching that. I've seen you practice that for decades now uh, (laughs) in in the community. And, And that obviously speaks louder than the words you say, but you're backing up your words with your actions. You have this thing called the kindness challenge. Tell us what you mean by that. It's called kindness in the culture. And what we are making available through our National Ministry Urban Alternative is acts of kindness cards. And what we're challenging Christians to do at least once a week is to do an act of kindness for somebody who just needs a kind act, a meal cooked because they're discouraged, they need an encouraging word, a homeless person, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And you then pray for that person. You do the act of kindness, you pray for them. And then you seek the witness to them. If you don't get the witness to them, there's a QR code on the card that will give them the gospel. We're not called to do good things. We're called to do good works. There's a difference. An atheist can do a good thing, but a good work is where God is attached to a good thing. Hmm. Matthew 16, and see your good works and glorify your father. So people can order the act of kindness cards from the Urban Alternative. We'll make them available to individuals or your entity. And we'll put your entity, your church name, your organization name on the card so they know the organization you represent that showed the kindness. We're going to try to get millions of people across America to do this because we're so mean. There's so much vitriol. People need to see kindness and then they'll be more apt to respond to the gospel. So that's our national initiative that we're sending all over the country now the kindness in the culture campaign all right and you can get to the urban alternative i think from tonyevans.org is that right yeah, tonyevans.org or you can just text kindness to 55659 either way you can get to uh kindness and it'll give you information on how to how to order your your act of kindness card let's get going and let's let them see love while we tell them about the good news of the gospel yeah say that text number one more time if you would for our people kindness Five five six five nine. Text kindness to five five six five nine. Perfect. Uh, I love it. How how has that been going? How long has that been going on? And how is it going so far? It's been launched two weeks ago, so it's pretty. It's it's, it's brand new. Okay. But we're so excited because people are calling for cards, and we we just think we're gonna see a a, a barrage because people are feeling the meanness in the culture today. Yeah, no doubt. And we, yeah, and well, okay. So when we talk about and I'll show the book again. Uh, we're talking about your latest book called Kingdom Values. Uh, your meanness is not a kingdom value. <laughs> it's kindness is a kingdom value. And it is. You, you referenced also the uh, you know Sermon on the Mount. What are some of the kingdom values that you are walking through in this book? Well, you know the 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 Sermon on the Mount, greatest sermon preached by the greatest preacher who ever preached, and it's a kingdom. It's a kingdom sermon. Uh, he brings kingdom in there and the key verses, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, Matthew 6, 33. But he starts off with the values of kingdom people. What are kingdom people like? And in the Beatitudes, the blessings, he talks about the blessed life when you become this kind of person. Poor in spirit, that is recognizing your spiritual impoverishment and your need for God mourning over our failures rather than celebrating our failures and just feeling bad about our failures. He wants us to be healed from our failures so that we can become useful to him. Mm. He talks about gentleness, a willingness to submit to the will of God and not bring harm, but to bring help. I hunger for what is right, 
hunger for righteousness, uh, that we should be passionate to please God, even when it means we don't get to please ourselves. Mm-hmm. Mercy, you, I mean, you take mercy. I mean, we, you know, all the vitriol we have today, showing kindness to people that goes back to the campaign so that people see that we care for their well-being. That doesn't mean you skip wrong, but it does mean they know even when you're correcting wrong, you're doing it out of care. Then being authentic, pure in heart. You mm-hmm. you want to be authentic, not fake. You want to be for real. You're not just trying to show a side that's not really who you are, who God wants you to be. And Lord knows we need peacemakers, okay? <laughs> Uh, because we have so much fighting going on. Do you, are you seen as the person that brings calm to chaos or you add to the chaos? And then he talks about being persecuted for righteousness because if you're going to stand for God, you're going to have opposition. Mm -hmm. You're going to have rejection. And we must be willing to accept that part of the price tag for holding to truth and demonstrating kingdom character in a culture often that does not want it or respect it or desire it. You know, and and I think if you know that going in, um, it'll help you weather the situations because I've seen some people think, you know, man, I've, I've tried to do what God wants me to do and people just don't like me or I lost my job or, I, you know, my friends don't call me anymore. And, and they've they experience a little disappointment. But if you know going in, look, this is not going to be the most popular thing, then when that happens, you are you don't have the, uh, you know, you're okay with it in a sense. Well, again, let's go back to the referees. If they make a call against the home team and they make <laughs> a call against the home crowd, they are going to get booed. That, that just comes with the territory. But again, popularity is not our first goal. Yeah. Now, we shouldn't think to intentionally be unpopular, but popularity is not our first goal. Our first goal is being true to our king and his kingdom and being right, persecuted for righteousness sake. So you make the right call on the field, even if some of the folk don't want the right call, you do it nicely, you do it kindly, but you do it with clarity. Yeah, we're talking to Dr. Tony Evans, and you can reach him at TonyEvans.org, TonyEvans.org. You can get, you can join that kindness challenge. You can pick up his latest book, uh, the latest book is Kingdom Values, and you you touched on another thing that I want to kind of hit again because you mentioned authenticity, and it, it's a kind of a buzzword in the last decade or so in the church. Uh, it's obviously, I mean, scriptural. We have to be authentic, which means allowing the kingdom values to pervade your own life before you go preaching them to everybody else. But there is this this weird thing in the culture these days, and I've seen a little bit of that creep into the church, we call it virtue signaling. And as you were talking about all these characteristics and the, the good works that follow them scripturally, I'm reminded of how you know Jesus, I, I think is one of the Pharisees he admonished and said, you know, don't do these things for public show. Uh, let your good deeds, you know, be not, I forget the exact phrasing, but he's basically saying, don't, don't virtue signal, you know? Um, have you seen a little bit of this in the church at times, maybe kind of trying to please the culture by making me look good when it's not necessarily authentic? We have to understand that Paul said it in Second Corinthians 5, that his, his goal in life, he says, is to please the Lord. Yeah. So, Until that becomes our primary goal, we won't be authentic 
in our relationship to people because we will subject ourselves to people even when it doesn't please the Lord. But if we please the Lord in our relationship with people, people are going to be better off because we're going to be the agent of transfer, the heart of God, the love of God, the truth of God mm -hmm. to people in the name of God. So that's the best kind. That's the best kind of virtue to signal, <laughs> and right, that is right. to, to let people see God's heart working through us. People don't want to know how much you know until they know how much you care. So when people see that we care for them, and then we give them the truth side by side with that, then we are giving them legitimate virtue. Because what a lot of times we do is in the name of wanting to be liked, we we negate the truth. We we allow the truth to be hidden, or we're so weak with the truth, people don't don't know that God has a, a final word on the subject, that he's spoken and has not stuttered, that there are two answers to every question, God's answer and everybody else's, and when everybody else disagrees with him, everybody else is wrong. So that, that needs to be crystal clear, but it needs to be crystal clear with a heart. You know, when Jesus, uh, when the lawyer asked Jesus, okay, what, what what's the great commandment? He says to love God with all you got and love your neighbor as yourself. The, 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 the lawyer says, okay, well, there's so many problems, too many people in the world. Who is my neighbor? And then Jesus answers, your neighbor is the person whose love, who, whose need you see, whose need you feel, and whose need you're able to meet. Mm. You see it, feel it, and can address it. That's what God expects us to do in his name. And when we get to do that as a way of life, again, it's our whole kindness campaign. When we get to do that, then people will see that we really do love God and are not just talking a good game. Yeah, yeah, and that's important. Now, personal question for you because, you know, uh, over in Oak Cliff uh, and with the Urban Alternative, uh, with the TV show even, but especially there in your community, you've been, you've been preaching this, again, for decades but you've been practicing it as well. Um, what, what, have, what have you seen? Have you seen your community change over the years? Well, I think people would say that our footprint here has uh, invaded the community, mm -hmm. not only with our spiritual messaging, but also uh, finding jobs for people, educating people, providing counseling for uh, distress and struggling, our free at last, helping people with various kinds of uh, intense struggles and addictions. So what we try to do is in our proclamation have ministries that demonstrate that we are here to make life better for the people God allows us to minister to on every level. And that is, you know, we have a mantra at our church and it's called, we want to build kingdom disciples, who function as kingdom servants in order to make a kingdom impact. Yeah. Kingdom disciples, kingdom servants who make a kingdom impact. And therefore, they take their act of kindness cards and they make them available. I'll tell you one lady, uh, uh, she was having trouble getting her bags in the car and uh, she had a, a, a physical uh, limitation. Mm. And so one of our gentlemen was at the store and he helped get her in the car. He offered to pray for her. He handed her an act of kindness card. And she said, oh, you must be from Oakland Bible Fellowship. This is the third card I, card I didn't got. So <laughs> you get a lot of love from my church members. So so that, that's the kind of thing. And then, you know, we can share the gospel. So uh, when that packages together, then it becomes an, an exciting movement. And we, we've been able to do that in, in Oak Cliff. And, and now through, through our campaign, hopefully we can do it across the nation. Yeah, I love it. You know, and there's another aspect of this, and, and I was just talking with my parents yesterday, and they're, you know, they're in their late 70s, 
Um, and I know a lot of a lot of people that are watching Christian television uh, tend to be older. And there's a sense, I think, sometimes amongst um, our senior citizens that, you know, they've lived a good life. They maybe not as have not have as much energy as, as they had. Um, but, man, I just have a sense of God is wanting to he wants all of his people to rise up, but especially in our older generations to say, you know, I, as long as you're breathing, I have purpose for you here on this earth. And when I hear what you're talking about, I think, man, there's there is huge power in our senior saints to go out and, and demonstrate the kingdom values fearlessly in the communities. Um, I don't know. Do you, do you run into that some when you're ministering there? Well. I'm, I'm part of those seniors you're talking about now. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, here, here's what a senior needs to know. How you end will have a lot to say mm. about what God says to you when you meet him. Mm. The Bible talks about ending strong. Mm. So even if you haven't been all you've met, wanted to be up until this point, Many a football game has been won in the last two minutes well, or the last true. quarter, even mm-hmm. if they were losing for three quarters, because they got that two-minute offense, they stopped huddling, and they went for it. So in this season, the senior season of life, give God all you got that you can give and allow your ending to be so strong that it even overrides some of the failures that you've had previously because you came out a winner yeah. even if you were behind the eight ball along the way. <laughs> Boy, that, that that is that is so true. Uh, who was the, the uh, Super Bowl of Falcons, I think, against the Patriots several years ago? They, they led the whole game. He was losing the entire game. And then here they come in the last few minutes. And they, they finish strong, and they're the Super Bowl champions. Not, you know, nobody remembers the other team anymore. Right. Doctor Evans, I sure appreciate. I appreciate your insight, your wisdom. Appreciate you living it out as well. Is there anything you want to add before I let you go? No. Well, I'm, again, I'm just grateful for life today. I'm grateful for what you mean to us. And uh, again, people can find out all the things about the kingdom that we have. We got a bunch about the kingdom at TonyEvans.org, as well as the kindness campaign. And we 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 consider ourselves servants. So any way we can serve uh, serve you to serve others is what the kingdom is all about. Well, yeah, you guys have been, uh, your, your family, your church, your whole ministry, a wonderful service. Uh, and, and again, I appreciate your time. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Appreciate you guys out there watching. Join the kindness campaign. Go to TonyEvans.org. I mean, what a great thing to do. Start it in your community, in your church. Start it in your life. Come back. We'll see you again next time here on Life Today Live. They want to live the way they want to live and have the Holy Spirit as a bit of uh, something extra. The Holy Spirit must be Lord.